<laughs> if you already know Drake or you already been on Drake's TikTok or his lives or his Sunday Zooms, which will be once a month now. <laughs> Did you know? Now you know. <laughs> you know whose voice this is. It's Shan from She Gets It Pod. So while you're listening to Everything Culture with an A, not a die, check out She Gets It pod all right i know i'm the one with the little boo me on there that's me all right new season new season 22 giving y'all encouragement motivation and a real insight in the things that i think about on a daily but i'm saying them out loud to y'all so check me out on she gets a pod on your favorite podcast app and also find me and the rest of my podcast on shambypodden.com. Now, I hope you're enjoying this show with everything culture. Hey, Drake. I'll let you have your mic back now. Bye. I would go back to 18-year-old Octavia. Uh, I would tell her welcome to womanhood, adulthood. I would tell her to be patient. You're in such a rush for life. Uh, You have some incredible moments ahead of you, and I don't want you to miss them because you're checking off a list of things that you want to accomplish. But in addition to some incredible moments, you're going to have some of the hardest moments and the hardest challenges of your life. it's going to feel unbearable. But the good news is not only do you survive, but you come out with many happy endings. So slow down. Be patient. Be present in your youth. Love yourself. Um, And I say that for many reasons. Love yourself in the choices that you make for yourself. Um, Care about your credit. Say no to American Express when they mail you that credit card. And (laughs) and, um, just enjoy youth. Enjoy youth. morning good afternoon good evening beautiful people it's your host drake b drake with everything culture and we're back with another makers of you and we have the pleasure of introducing you all to octavia how are you doing today octavia hey how are you i'm happy to be here happy to be on this evening same here i'm glad to have you here Sorry, but my allergies are knocking me beside the uh, washing dryer right now. So bear <laughs> with me if y'all hear me. <clears throat> Clear my throat or anything. You see Clear my throat, you know, little you know, cough, little eye wipe. <laughs> you know, we, but we go survive. We here, we here, and we're here to learn a little bit more about you. Thank you so much for joining us once again. This is the makings of Octavia. So, Octavia, have you listened mm-hmm. to the show before? 
yes, I did listen to the show just once, uh, just once, but um, where I met you, obviously, was a different platform, TikTok, so I, um, I'm accustomed to looking at the videos of the stories <laughs> more so than anything. Okay. And, and it's the same routine. We're going to ask you mm-hmm. about your childhood, your upbringing, your background, your perspectives in life. We're going to ask you about you. Because nobody else okay. can tell us about Octavia better than Octavia. This is true. This is so, true. So, Octavia, are you ready? Yeah, I am ready. I'm ready. Okay. Octavia, how would you describe yourself? Oh, um, spontaneous, outspoken, fun, uh, down to earth. Just an overall cool person. <laughs> okay. Love that. Love that. What cultures do you represent? Oh, oh, strong question. Uh, what cultures do I represent? Give me context concerning your question. It's open-ended. Just open-ended? Have you, open-ended? Have you interpreted that, that question? <laughs> okay, what cultures do I represent? Um... Uh, black youth, um, family, uh, just, I don't know, that's a good question. Uh, I think I'm going to stop myself there. <laughs> and that's A-okay. A-okay. okay. <laughs> where do you represent? You said where do I represent? Oh, man, everywhere. Um, I represent in uh, corporate America environments represent amongst family, amongst friends, uh, amongst strangers on the street, uh, when I'm volunteering, when I'm helping somewhere, you know, there's, I try to represent everywhere I can. Okay. Where are you from? Where am I from? Okay. So that's a good question. <laughs> so I was born in D.C., raised in South Carolina some, and then spent the rest of my life in Detroit. Oh, oh okay. Michigan. <laughs> okay, okay. Look, yeah. East, Midwest in you. Okay, okay. West. <laughs> West, we rock, yeah. <laughs> we rock with you. We rock with you. Uh, do you mind sharing your age with us? Yes, I'm 34 years old. Love it. Yeah. <laughs> How would you describe your childhood and upbringing? Oh, um... My childhood uh, was very fun. Uh, it was very fun, very full of like family dynamics. Um, a lot of traditional black family dynamics. Uh, you know, you got your family reunions, your backyard cookouts, your big Christmases. Um, you know, the, the spend the night over your cousin's house. <laughs> you know, just. Just overall, just a good, fun childhood. I used to go to summer camps, um, you know, because I was a uh, a 911 kid. My dad was a paramedic for 26 years of his life. So I spent a lot of time in the firehouse. And let me tell you to this day, can't nobody tell me that the fire department guys did not make the best soup (laughs) that you've ever had. Because I ate a lot of it growing up. I heard the chili was busting. Is that correct? Man, 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 on a completely different level. On a completely different level. And that was the the old school crackers, oyster crackers kid. <laughs> so, so I enjoyed that a whole lot. Okay. I think you're the first 911 kid 
we've had on the show. So thank you for <laughs> sharing that with us. Um, yeah, definitely. And, and you shared a bit about what your dad has done. So what were the roles of your caregivers coming up? Coming up? Oh, so, okay. So my father, like I said, he was a, a paramedic, but a very, very present dad super present dad which was interesting right because their shifts are typically like 12 and sometimes 14 hours long but he was super super present um my mother not biological but my stepmom she was super involved she was more the corporate america woman she worked for a lot of law firms uh throughout the years so she played like sec like legal secretary kind of role um so my mom i have her to thank for my ability to communicate and those skills in that area because my mom she will always she was super meticulous about things the way that you said things my mom was so particular she would stop you right in the middle of your sentence even if it was something simple to correct you and how you said something <laughs> and she was actually she was one of the first the first individuals to really teach me the importance of being able to uh to articulate yourself and communicate well as a young black woman. Um, and she reminded me, you know, kind of like what microaggression looked like, you know, <laughs> you know, Talk just a it. lot of really important lessons pretty early on. Like, you know, when somebody tells you, oh, you're just so well-spoken and they weren't expecting that's microaggression, you know, uh, look out for certain things. <laughs> my, my mom's really, uh, one of those individuals for sure, but she instilled a lot of that educational uh, aspect in me for sure. My grandmother, super, super present, didn't miss a school play, uh, didn't miss any, you know, any little moment. She was always there for all of that. So I definitely had a really, really strong ecosystem of support uh, from the adults in my life growing up. I love that. I love that. <laughs> yeah, me too. I love that for me. It was wonderful. <laughs> Seriously, that, that's why we ask these questions right here. Do you have any siblings? I do. Funny story. My mom, I don't know if she just had a specific season where, you know, her body just worked a certain way. Um, I have three other siblings um, through my mother, my biological mother, all of us born in January. Mm. Yep, so she had uh, the boys in early January, me right next, so she, they're like the 16th. I'm uh, the 26th, my sister is the 25th. So yeah, yeah, so, we're all together. And then my dad, he had one older daughter before me. She's 17 years my senior. Uh, she was just shy of that January mark. <laughs> so she's February 2nd, so yeah. So we got Capricorn and Aquarius. Am I, am I accurate in that? I think so. For the boys, Capricorn, uh, Aquarius for me and my sister. Yeah, yeah. I think you shared the birthday of my sister as well. So, okay. Love it. Love it. Love it. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. So, what was your first sense of responsibility in life? Oh, my first sense of responsibility. Um, so, when I was younger, um, my dad had me involved in this camp called Camp 911. It was for Detroit kids. So shout out to the Detroit kids. If you're listening to this and you were a part of it, you know what I'm talking about in the 90s. Um, but Detroit Camp 911 was a camp for the children of firefighters, police, and paramedics, where they taught uh, children, you know, just throughout the community, 
about safety, safety in uh, you know, like what happens with a fire, what to do safety wise around tools, like just how to be safe, you know, to prevent certain things concerning firearms and weapons. Also like nature and survival tactics, um, how to like stay safe if you're lost in the wilderness, things like that. So this camp was super, super helpful, super beneficial. And it also gave uh, little kids a sense of responsibility. They were like teams, like, I think like red shirts considered or, you know, green shirts or something like that. And depending on the color of your shirt, that was like ranking where you were in terms of like, are you a, like considered close to a camp counselor or somebody like a peer that can help smaller children? So I quickly worked my way up the ranks. My dad, uh, he was actually one of the instructors that taught safety tactics with tools and stuff like that for young kids. I felt a real strong sense of responsibility. I was always the helper. My dad was so cool about it. I would like sit back. <laughs> I'd be, you know, in the grass with, with my legs all folded like all the other kids. And my dad, he would always like, I need a special helper, someone that can help me with the tools. So, you know, all the kids are super excited. They're all raising their hand. And my dad would look, he'd do this. And then he would go, you little girl in the back with her hand raised. It was me. He would always pretend like he didn't know me. <laughs> he would always pretend like he didn't know me. I would get up there and uh, my dad trusted me the most because he knew he was teaching me things at home. And he said, I don't want another kid to cut their finger off <laughs> or do something crazy. And then I'm held Smart. responsible. I'd rather my baby who I at home taught her everything, you know, would just make it like she she's a volunteer. So they caught on after a while. Though. <laughs> like, hey, he keeps picking his daughter. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, sometimes. Man, shout out to Pops, man. That is love yeah. right there. Super yeah, dope. Super dope. So what was your actual first job, your first taxable position? Back down memory lane. First job. Um, I was in the 10th grade and uh, I was in this program called the DECA program. So one of the things that was cool about it is that from eight to 12, you would go to school, learn everything you're supposed to learn. And then from uh, 12 to, or, you know, the next group of hours, like five or six hours, you would spend working a job. So they were able to get me a job with the local Burger King. It was the first job I ever had. <laughs> I was, uh, I started out as a cashier, learned everything there was to know. And then once I got in and was there for a little while, they realized I worked well. Um, I started pulling in my friends from high school. Like, oh, I know you need some more cooks, some more line cooks. I got a homeboy <laughs> from school. So I was plugging all my friends with my little my little job. <laughs> Put your people on. That's, That's what I'm talking about. That's what you do. You got to bring them with you. You get on first, and then you bring the rest with you. You got to pull everybody else up. Can't be a crab. <laughs> got to help them out. Love that. Love that. Have it yeah. your way. That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> did Did you wear the? Did you ever have to wear the crown? Oh man, no, I didn't wear the crown, but the unicorn the uniform was so corny. But I wore it, I wore it proudly because it was my first job. Man, I used to do the overtime hours. Oh, those was the days for sure. Those were the days. Yeah. So, growing up, how were you disciplined 
at a young age? How was I disciplined at a young age? Well, uh, I, I had parents that definitely uh, believed in spankings, but also punishment, uh, like communication, um, before I got to the, the point of corporal punishment, you know, everything else. Um, my parents would talk to me. They would talk to me. They would explain to me why I'm in trouble. You know, it was kind of like I had the kind of parents that didn't ever want uh, to punish you without making sure you had a clear understanding of what you did wrong and why you're in trouble. And I think that that's kind of what set them aside and put them in a position to be the closest to um, some of what I see today as modern day parents. Because, you know, back in the day, you would hear a lot of children are to be seen and not heard. And my parents kind of created a little bit, a little bit of a space for me to like speak up a little bit, but not too much. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But just a space for me to be open and, and communicate openly and talk. So that was kind of like the nature of how that would typically go. But definitely a whole lot of we're taking this. No Nintendo 64 for you. I remember a time where my daddy came upstairs, snatched my whole TV out the wall. I don't know what I did, <laughs> but, but definitely had those parents for sure that uh, did everything that they possibly could. You know, I was a wild kid though, man. Rest in peace to my dad. Uh, he had to deal with a whole lot. I apologized to him so many years <laughs> when I got older. Like, man, I put you through it. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Well, we're glad to have you today and the person you are today. We greatly appreciate the upbringing as well as the discipline when necessary. I was going to say, if you feel like you deserved it, okay. <laughs> but thank you. Thank you. So what were and what are your beliefs? What were? Okay. Um, so when you say what were, where I came from, like spiritually, I have a faith base. I have a faith. Yeah, I have a faith base in God. Um, I'm a church going woman, Christian faith base. Um, but I also have, uh, I love, I love spirituality in a sense of like meditating. I enjoy singing bowls. I enjoy like listening like to um, certain meditation music, just like taking that time out for self-care. Uh, that's a big part of what kind of like keeps me balanced and grounded, prayer, things of that nature. So all of that inclusive. Love that. Love that. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Who has been the biggest influence in your life? The biggest influence? Oh, man, I got to circle it back to my dad, man. My dad, uh, he instilled some early values. He was one of those parents that would talk to you like you're an adult. <laughs> you know, he didn't do the baby talk. He was telling me how I had to go to college when I was five. What? <laughs> I don't know a thing about college, sir, but you know what? He was uh, he was trying very early on to teach me values based on what he learned, you know, and based on what was considered important. Back in the day, having a bachelor's was the most important thing to a lot of Black people um, who cared about education. They thought that that was the book. Like, once you got to the bachelor level, you were there. Um, and my dad was one of those parents. He was like, you got to go to college. You got to go to college. I'm not going to take you seriously. You know, he just, he had that stuck in his mind. So um, he was probably one of my biggest. And then just life lessons in general. We would have so many conversations that felt like lectures. And I'd be like, oh, he about to start. <laughs> you know, when I was a teen. But um, 
but later on in life, as I got older, I realized how valuable some of those lessons were. Just lessons about friendship, uh, lessons about owning, you know, like, you know, just accountability for your actions, uh, like the, your character, how all you have is your word, you know, like he instilled a lot of things really, really early on. So uh, the bonus to that is that I feel like I started to gain life perspective a little early. The unfortunate part is sometimes it made it hard for me to connect with kids my age. Um, because of all of that life perspective, I just felt like I would see a lot of things that was super childish that I couldn't really connect with or things that I had a lot of moral issues with. You know what I'm saying? And kids just want to have fun. They don't, you know, they don't think of it in certain ways. But because of how I was raised, I was constantly here. And I feel like sometimes that would make it difficult for me to connect with kids my age. That's deep. I never even thought yeah. of it like that. I, think yeah. I, share, I share some of those same qualities and you just kind of open a piece about, about me personally. Is that why I was like that? I never got like, I want to say got along yeah. with a lot of kids my age, but it was like, why are y'all doing it? That's stupid. Like, yeah, they would be yeah. playing and having a gleeful time over there. And I'll be over there either doing my homework or focusing on chores. Like, we got work to do. What y'all doing? Right, that? right. I took my little deck of jobs serious, man. Yeah, I, I, <laughs> and, and like, I, I'm sorry. I feel like, yeah. I, I'm not sorry, but I feel like Pops made you to be a leader. So that's why, I, you know, when everybody else playing, you know, it's work to be done. It sucks. And still to this day, even with this podcast, everybody can talk about ratchet stuff. I'm not interested in Like, we got work to do. But yeah, anyway, we ain't even going to but shout out to Pops. <laughs> thank you, thank you, thank you. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So, your passions, what are they and how did you get into them? Passions. So earlier on, one of my first passions that I discovered uh, was just being a creative. Um, Love to write. When I was younger, it started with books. Uh, it, I was definitely given a whole lot of Matilda energy uh, not so much on the magic, but when I say I was running home from school because back then, like TV was cool and everything. Uh, it's not what it is today. Uh, books, though, books gave a lot of imagery and it allowed me to travel places that I'd never physically been, but they were described so well, I felt like I was there. And the stories were so good, you know, early on, like just different books I would read that I would be rushing home after school trying to get to the book. Man, I left off on chapter, you know, I got my little bookmark in there. <laughs> I'm ready to go. And I'm reading this book for hours, like just thumbing through pages. And I think what that did was that opened up and expanded an area of my mind as a child that was like, you know what? I could probably write stories. I can create stories. I can make up things and create characters and give them, bring them to life. And so I started writing. And then it became stories. And then from stories, it went to poetry. Uh, I started going into creative writing classes, uh, language arts classes, just different things that would help me develop and hone in on those skills. Um, then I ended up being a who's who amongst American high school students. It was just one of those programs that recognized children who, you know, wrote creatively um, and just had a nice little body of work performed. Uh, it was just nice. So I realized I had creativity in me very early on. That was one of the things I was super, super passionate about. 
that is amazing. You know, I forgot about who's who. I like I've heard of that before. I remember that bring yeah. it sparks a little bit of snow. I think that's around right the country. There. I want to say, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Back in the day, it was a big thing uh, to be chosen to be one of the kids to represent, you know, your school and. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was just such a big deal for me. So to be, you know, afforded the opportunity. And it's funny, right? Because in that period of my life, my dad knew I loved books, but he didn't know how good I was at poetry. Uh, so much so that I was using metaphors and, you know, different things like that pretty early on. And um, the who's who amongst American high school students was the first time he really, truly heard uh, my poetry. And that was the first time I ever seen my dad cry in the crowd stood up <laughs> made a big old fool of me that is what I'm <laughs> I love it that's what Tears I'm talking about it was an amazing thing uh and that's also kind of when I really felt like I was good right because you know as a kid your parents are your first heroes so uh I feel like when you get their acknowledgement openly and publicly more so than anything above anybody else in the crowd that's applauding that's telling you did a good job that means something to you that hits you in a special place uh, that others may not so yeah love it love it oh okay okay i would say because you know parents we ain't gonna get into that right now but we'll bring it back later but we were talking about books and your love of books yeah can you give us three recommendations Oh man, it's been so long. It's been but, so long for me. But it's for uh, a book, a movie, yeah. and a television series. Okay, okay, book, movie, television series. Yes. Um, book. It really depends on uh, the kind of things that you're into reading. I've read a lot of books, but one that sticks with me as a social worker. Um, well, at least coming from a social work background, is a child called it. Uh, that book did something to me. It changed something in me, uh, and it just it also made me realize just the disparities and so many areas where um, children are failed mm-hmm. um, by the system, by their parents, by the support systems by people who see something a little sketchy and just keep walking, don't say anything, you know, because they feel like it's not their place. Uh, man, that that book, now nah, it, it is a trigger warning though. So let me just put that out there. It's, it's for sure a trigger warning. Heavily. Um, you know, heavily, heavily. Uh, so if you are one of those individuals that are deeply affected by emotional stories, close it up forget I said it <laughs> so um so yeah that's that now you said uh books movies and television, television series. series yes television series oh man there's just so many there's just so many uh what's one that that comes to the top of my mind lie to me Lie to Me is a TV show, and I can't remember which platform it shows on. I can't even remember the name of the the main actor for this TV show, but it's basically one of those shows um, where this guy was like one of those individuals that study body language to be able to detect to detect dishonesty. Now, here's the thing: 
for real life individuals who do this kind of work, I was I was seeing the feedback that some of it was not legit. <laughs> but if you're not from that background and you know nothing about it, the show is amazing. Um, it really did like kind of like paint a picture of being able to like use body language to kind of tell if a person is being straightforward or um, not being real. It's kind of like one of those crime related type of shows. So if you're into like crime TV. Um, that was one of the shows that really stuck with me. There's another also crime related. I love crime related shows. Um, not necessarily just the ones that show the real stuff, like real stories of situations that happen. Sometimes those are a little cringy, especially when they show like the bodies. I think to myself, like, dang, man, what about the families? I got to watch this. The families are the people who it is. Like, you think they want to see their nephew's ankle on the on the curb, you know? You know, that's, that's, ah, that's, that's a lot, but, um, love the crime shows. And then as far as movies, I'm going to just say anything, Denzel, Denzel, Samuel Jackson, they're my boys, Samuel, because he is so versatile, uh, when it comes just to anything, uh, that man is so talented and he has such a, a, a strong story. Uh, behind his craft <laughs> so so he, he wasn't turning down nothing you know for a while amen but that just kind of showed his flexibility and then Denzel just because he's just he's Denzel I just I, I've always loved his acting um and I don't know endless movies John Q um I forgot the name of the one movie oh man yeah, I can't think of a whole lot of them right now, but I just love anything Denzel. I just feel like he's a great, uh, the Taking of Pel Pelican 123, I believe. It's one of them that I really, really enjoyed. Uh, yeah, so pretty much anything in, anything Denzel. Okay, okay, I'm trying to look up. Did Denzel and uh, Samuel Jackson ever play in a movie together? No, I don't, I don't, not that I can personally recall, but they're just, both of them are our favorite actors for me, okay. for sure. Rock with it, rock with it, rock with it. Mo better blues. No, no, maybe not, maybe not, maybe not. <laughs> and Lottie, oh, Lottie has Tim Roth and Makai Pfeiffer in it. So okay. yes, well, I was, I've seen it before. I had to go look it up. It's been popular, yeah. and, and it's a Hulu special, I believe. It's on Hulu. Okay, I couldn't remember what platform because it's been a little while. But you know how certain ones I tried to remember. Not necessarily what's my favorite, but what stuck with me. What mm, stuck with me? Like I, like I really enjoyed this, you know, because that's that's what I consider to be a favorite. If it stuck with you and it made an impact, it was good. Yes. And speaking of impact, what has been an impactful moment in your life? An impactful moment. Uh. I have one. So in 2011, uh, 2011, I was living in Oak Park, Michigan, and there was a uh, there was a synagogue near my very first apartment. It was on the same street, pretty much just walked down the street. So I was in the process, you know, social work wise, trying to like figure out. Um, how to get something on my resume right you know because when you're fresh when you're fresh out or when you first start like starting school like you're in this spot where you kind of want to get something on your resume geared toward that so that you can kind of show that as you're applying to different schools um so i was looking for volunteer opportunities 
Uh, this was a culture shock for me, for sure. Um, and I say this because so I went in, right, to this synagogue. I won't say the name of it. And I went in and I went to the front desk and I said, hi, you know, uh, my name is Octavia. I'm looking for this, you know, opportunity. I would like to volunteer. You know, I would love to work in this environment. Uh, it would be wonderful for my resume. I was wondering if you had any opportunities or just if you thought that I would fit anywhere in specific, if there were any needs. So the lady at the desk didn't know fully what I was asking. She went and she got another gentleman. He came out. And when I asked him, he said, oh, no, I don't think we have any, you know, any opportunities. And I said, OK, well, I hope you keep me in mind and, you know, just trying to make a good impression. And as I'm walking out, I see like a little uh, daycare area and then I see like this church part and then I see like the second area. And, like, I'm just like, oh, this is a really nice building. And he starts talking to me. And he's just like, oh, yeah, you know, we've been here for this long and, you know, this is a big part of the community. And, you know, so he starts walking me around. Right. So at the end of the conversation, he said, you know, maybe we will have something for you. I'll give you I'll, I'll give you a call. But first, I do need to ask. And I'm just like, what do you what do you need to ask? You know, because he paused and he goes, um, are you asking for the internship as a part of a uh, fulfillment that you have? And I said, so what do you mean by fulfillment? Um, Cause I, I just didn't understand. And so he goes, uh, are you on any type of probation where you have to uh, do any type of community service work? And I paused Let's for go a second. Those microaggressions right there. Okay. I paused for a second. And I said, you know, no, I'm not a I'm not a criminal. Um, I'm just looking for an opportunity because I want to be in public service. And I kept a smile on my face and he said, OK, you know, thank you. You know, I'll definitely can I take your information down? You know, I said, gave him my information, but I walked out feeling super indifferent because it was one of the first times in my life as a young lady uh, that someone had stopped looked at me and just kind of made an assumption almost you know and uh you know of course it happened a number of times later in life and I was able to identify it better but that was the one of the most impactful uh I would have to say pretty early or early on in, in my pursuing my career at the start of my career um because I was just like dang you know how often do young black women, or I guess maybe that just doesn't happen here, that young black women walk in looking for uh, opportunities with no strings attached and no sign here so I can give this to the judge attached to it, you know? So it was just kind of like, dang, I hate that he made that assumption. But it ended up being a nice opportunity. I still went for it. It ended up being a really nice opportunity. I learned a lot about Jewish culture um, and the similarities between them and Christianity. Um, it was, it was beautiful. It was beautiful. But that, that, that start was kind of rocky. <laughs> and I'm happy that you saw past that. Um, yeah. Continue for the opportunity. Uh, I was yeah, seeing, for sure. had, had a conversation recently, how some people allowed them to stop them from pursuing opportunities from those experiences. And unfortunately, this is my belief that we have these experiences quite often. That was the first time you may have recognized it. Yes, 
Yeah. Yes. Yes. This is true. That was the first time that I recognized it because it was it was almost blaring. Mm, blatant. Yeah. I feel like you put yeah. on you, the, the roll tinted glasses have been removed and you're like, oh no. Like, yeah. Okay. And the older you get, uh, I think you start to kind of recognize it a little bit more. Um, yeah, the older that you get, the more you start to really recognize it when you see it. At first, you're almost a little naive to it. You just think, you know, you're being asked a question, but then you start to encounter it a little bit more. You're like, oh, okay, I see what this is. <laughs> mm. But that's why we're here with everything culture to get a better understanding on everything. And this is the makings of Octavia, everyone. Thank y'all for tuning in. And we're having a great time here. How you feeling, Octavia? I'm feeling good. I'm feeling good. I was a little nervous coming on. Uh, it's been a little while since I've like sat for like an interview or like kind of like talked about me. Like I ain't even gonna lie. I had to look back at my resume. Like, dang, what did I do back in uh... <laughs> this? This is just uh, this is a conversation. Remember. This is a conversation. I know that's a part yeah. of my personality. I'm like I'm one of those individuals where I, I like to be prepared. You know, mm-hmm. um, when I'm coming into certain environments, territory, I try to. Try to be a little bit prepared. <laughs> no, we absolutely understand. Absolutely understand. But hey, we're enjoying you here and we're thankful to have you here for the makings of you. So for Thank our next you. question, if you had a, a a new phone and this new phone had a certain type of technology where you can call anybody, anything, anytime, and you can have a conversation with that person. And they have to have a conversation with you too, okay? Okay. Who are the three people you call? What are the three calls? Three calls. Anybody. Uh, dead or alive. Is that right? Oops, lost my headphone. Hold on. Small ear syndrome. Okay. Dead or alive? Sorry. Yeah, use your imagination. <laughs> okay. It's on you. Okay. So anybody that I can call and they can answer back and say something to me. Um, my grandmother. Uh, she really, truly was the matriarch of the family. And I say that not because of her age. Um, I say that because of her wisdom, how she carried herself um, and the examples that she set for all the young women that came after her. So prime example, my grandmother worked for a company. and I don't recall the name of the company. I want to say it was like Michigan Bell or something like that for decades. And uh, ended up, I guess, at some point taking a buyout, leaving the company. But my grandmother, she said, save $5 of your paycheck every single week. Make some type of sacrifice, but save that $5 every week. It may seem like, you know, a tedious amount, but it's going to add up one day. My grandmother saved and she saved and she saved. And I want to say she bought, uh, I want to say at least five houses in the city of Detroit, at least. And then she spread those fam- those houses throughout her family to ensure the security of her children and then subsequently her grandchildren. Some of those houses are still in our family today. Uh, but what she taught us in that moment was that a woman, a Black woman, could accomplish things independently if she disciplined herself. And she allowed herself to make certain sacrifices for the greater goal at a later time. Uh, so she was such a wealth of knowledge and patience um, and kindness, and she could cook her butt off. <laughs> so if anything, I would love to call her just to get some of the recipes that went with her. 
<laughs> you know, for my family, um, most definitely. But that, that's one person I would love to call. Of course, my father, uh, rest in heaven to him, um, just because he was my rock. And uh, I could call him and ask any old question. Uh, whenever I had a problem, he always had an answer. That was one person where I could not come to him uh, with an issue and not leave with some level of peace of mind concerning what to do or how to navigate my issue or my problem or my relationship or whatever the case is. He was just wonderful in that way. Um, lastly, I would have to say my stepmom. Uh, she recently passed away from cancer on Father's Day last year. And uh, she just, she was just real. She was a down to earth and real woman, but she was a great conversationist. Uh, and just like, you could, you could tell her things. And um, is it conversations or conversationalist? I forgot, but yeah, she was just, she was, she was amazing. You could call her and talk to her about anything, any topic. Um, and it was always a good conversation, always good vibes. And it just felt good. You felt safe. If you wanted to share something personal, you didn't have to worry about it getting back to anybody else. Uh, my mom was just both the cool mom and the the cool auntie that everybody rocked with. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? She definitely, she was one of those people. She would say what was on her mind. So she wasn't everybody's cup of tea, um, but definitely one of those individuals that you would come to when you, when you were in trouble, legal advice, whatever the case is, and she had you. Uh, so those are three calls I would love to make to this day. Wow. Wow. I love it. Wow. Oh, oh. Family. <laughs> That's amazing to have three people to call. Um, yeah. And we're going to our next question is, how would you define joy? I would define joy as just that warm sense of peace that you wake up with like on a Saturday morning it's like hey I made it through the week and I, I wake up and this is my day and I can write this day to be whatever it is joy is just um, being in a space internally where you have a true sense of happiness not like manufactured because of something that you ate that was so good that day you know just a genuine um, internal peace uh, that you have and you carry it in your spirit and it goes with you throughout your day uh, and because of it external forces that might want to you know bring you down they really can't <laughs> you know because you have that internal like joy and, and peace within yourself I think that was how that's how I would probably say I would describe it that's that's what joy is is to me thank you thank you thank you thank you Octavia so Octavia yes what is your theme song? My theme song. He didn't invite you into the interview. Thank you. It's my cat. <laughs> uh, theme song. Theme song. Uh, Maze. Happy feelings. I have cried so many times. <laughs> That's what joy is to me. That's what joy is. If you really want to ask what joy is, Maze, happy feelings. Listen to it. Um, first of all, that came out during a time where people not only appreciated lyrics, but they appreciated melodies and music. 
the intro was longer than some of these songs today. Just the intro. <laughs> hey, you know, hey. remember back in the day when songs started and then like the percussion comes in and it's like, oh, oh, this is that when your mama's in the kitchen and she she's like, oh, that's my song. And then she turned up that old dial radio. See, see, we start chopping it up on that. Like, I am, yeah. uh, we can say I'm a music file. If you can say that, mm-hmm. it's it's one of those things where I talk about this is like with music. If if I can be like a fly on the wall or just in the studio, and, and it's, it feels like me when I'm editing my podcast, when I know I'm doing something good, everybody might not recognize it, but when you know you have a hit, even if it's not recognized, that feeling of like, oh, this mm-hmm. is good. And I was like, when was when Papa was a Rolling Stone, like you say, with the the rolling into it and just the the percussion and then the he horns. His hat and, was his home. And, and I know people have been joking <laughs> about it on TikTok, you know, and like, but do you understand? And people was like trying to rush it. Don't rush it. Let it flow. Let it feel it. And when you mm-hmm. listen to the lyrics where they actually are talking about something that means something, I'm like, y'all, y'all be missing out so much by just the beat to catch you and you get so engulfed in the the rhythm, but don't forget about the lyrics and the meaning oh, and the spirit man. of the song as well. Yeah, and and May's happy feelings is an embodiment of that very statement. Um, in this song, this black man is teaching self love. I got myself to remind me of love. Say that. Say it. Okay. And I say that because, and I'm so passionate about this song because it was it's so beautiful. Um, it was my birth song for my daughter. It's the first song she ever heard. Wow. So when she came out, they laid her on me, boom, play that song. I wanted it to be the first thing she heard um, because love has to come within first. Mm. You know, got to learn how to love yourself first just so that it, having that love and that love for yourself teaches you. It's the entry pathway to loving others. It's hard to love others correctly. Um when you don't have that love for yourself. So the kind of, the space that he had to be in to, to write that, my God. Like, and there's no way that when they hit record and when they mixed and masked, they didn't tell that man he had gold. Do you know what you, do you know what you did? <laughs> I'm just gonna be there like when he got done. Just so I can say. That feeling is just, it's just so dope. <laughs> Um, and yeah, yeah. Maybe over here, cry. You talking about that is beautiful. Yeah, like music, we, music that you feel in your bones. That is that is the kind of music that you feel in your body. That's traveling through your body. Like when they say people who genuinely love music, I'm a music lover, and not not just not just for for witty lyrics. I love music for how it makes me feel. Mm-hmm. I love the emotions that it draws out of me. I love the memories attached to music because sometimes a song will just be as simple as just reminding you of a time or a period in your life or a special memory of your life. Um, and that's yeah. what that that's what that does for me. So I absolutely love it. That's my theme song. <laughs> that that's is my I'm, theme song. <laughs> that's what I'm talking about right there. Yeah. Um, Frankie <laughs> Beverly and May's Happy Feelings is the theme mm. song. Okay, okay. Yes, yes. Right. All day. So this is the makings of Octavia, everyone. We're going to take a quick commercial break. Thank y'all for tuning in. And we'll see y'all back very shortly. Purposeful, organic, captivating, optimistic. That's Poco. 
Our mission is to cultivate a safe space where all people can convene, co-create, feel celebrated, and build cross-cultural experiences while nourishing their body and soul. people to the makings of octavia with everything culture so octavia you just let mm-hmm. us know your theme song once again that's happy feelings and I, it's gonna be stuck yeah. in my head for the rest of the day i definitely gonna be listening i'm to gonna that. listen to it when this is over uh, oh yeah oh yeah oh yeah <laughs> and i like get a little bit of a deeper dive for it so going forward to our next question you have a biopic coming up who would you have play you would you have direct your biopic and what network would it be on also and what would you rate it Ooh, there's a couple questions there so who would i have play me um um i love octavia spencer i love viola davis gosh who would I have played me zoe saldana she has a sweet nature, but she also has a lot of spice to her. Okay. okay. Um, a lot of a lot of strong energy. She's super passionate about things the way that I am. Um, so I would probably I would probably say I would have her um, director. I can't think of a director right now in terms of who I would have direct. I don't know. That's just not off the top of my head. Um, there was a last question though. What was the last question? Who would you have? What would you, oh, rate what would you it? rate it? Like, what rating would it be? Like, you know, would it be PG-13? And what network would it be on? Oh. <laughs> uh, I would say O. Oh. Oprah's the Oprah's network. <laughs> okay. We know about O. All right. All right. Um, uh, what would it be rated? Uh, it wouldn't be rated R. Um, what's a step above PG thirteen? <laughs> we we keep it at PG thirteen. That's good. I, the, the, the PG, but they be sliding some things in PG thirteen. What's a team? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think yeah. we roll with that. We roll with that. Okay. Perfect. Yeah, we can roll with that. <laughs> we can roll with that. So this is a would you rather? Okay. Would you rather go back in time and speak to your younger self, or would you rather your future self come and talk to you now? go back and speak to my younger self what age would you go to oh um i would go back to 18 year old octavia uh i would tell her welcome to womanhood adulthood i would tell her to be patient you're in such a rush for life. Uh, you have some incredible moments ahead of you, and I don't want you to miss them because you're checking off a list of things that you want to accomplish. But in addition to some incredible moments, you're going to have some of the hardest moments and the hardest challenges of your life. Uh, it's going to feel unbearable. 
But the good news is, not only do you survive, but you come out with many happy endings. So slow down, be patient, be present in your youth, love yourself. Um, and I say that for many reasons. Love yourself in the choices that you make for yourself. Um, care about your credit. Say no to American Express when they mail you that credit card. And <laughs> and um, just enjoy youth. Enjoy youth. That's amazing. Wow. Hey, that's some good advice. I may need to send that to 18 year old me as well. Like, I love that. Yeah. Yeah. Most definitely. That's amazing. Seriously. Seriously. Okay. Octavia, we got a few more questions. Mm hmm. And we rolling. Okay. So, if you could have any meal at the snap of your finger, like, boom, it's here at any time, mm -hmm. what would the meal be and who would prepare it for you? Ooh, the meal would be, um, the meal would be pot roast, twice baked potatoes, string beans, um, cornbread, hot water cornbread. Uh, the chef would be my grandmother. That woman seasoned until the gods whispered in her ears and told her to stop. She didn't stop beforehand. <laughs> she never knew a single measurement, mm. but the measurement was right. Mm. Say that. Say that. <laughs> she never, she never knew a single measurement. She could not. If you wanted to learn from my grandmother about how to, you had to be present. She could. You could not call her on the phone and say, "Grandma, how much do I use of this?" Nope. Come over there with your ingredients. She's going to sit on the other side of the bar while you're in the kitchen. She's going to tell you, put a little bit more of that in there. A little bit more. Okay, stop right there. Mix it in. <laughs> so, so that was that was her. Wow. Love it. I'm going to talk. Let me stop. You got me over here stuttering. I don't stutter like that. <laughs> not, on, not, on, not on my show. Not on, not on your show. This is your oh, show right no. here. This is my platform, but this is your show right here. But goodness, I love that. A lot, hey, shout out to your peoples, man. We may be related mm -hmm. somehow, some way. We got some values. I love those values. Okay? Okay. So, Octavia, how would you mm -hmm. want people to remember you? I want people to remember me for the way that I loved. Um... Not just people, but life. I would want people to remember me for my creativity, my personality, my personality now. Oh my God, it was trash when I was a teen, but uh, <laughs> my personality now, um, just, uh, gee, I would want to be remembered for the compassion that I had for others, how I demonstrated it. Uh, how I listened and how I supported. Um, yeah, and just overall, um, overall how I love. That's how I want to be remembered. So Octavia, 
what changes would you like to see in your culture? Um, change I would like to see in my culture. I would love to see my people um, not celebrate each other's failures. Um, and, and, and not wait for somebody to fail. Like just, you know, like as if it's a big moment. And I say that because far too often I log on to like social media, say for example. Um, and it's almost like, you know, you get, you get everybody telling everybody's story, the breaking news stories about different celebrities or whatever else. And it's almost like we were looking for that aha, that aha moment. I, I, I knew, I knew they weren't really, you know, <laughs> and um, it's almost like they're celebrating. Mm, that's why, that's why they didn't get this. And maybe that's why they, you know, they're not there. And it's just like, man, um, I wish we put more effort into celebrating each other, celebrating our wins, uh, no matter what the size, uh, supporting each other. Uh, because the reality of the situation is far too often we're not. And that lack of cohesion and that mutual desire for everybody to be successful and win is, I feel like, one of the major things that creates setbacks in my community. Um, just so much individual um, individualism. And I feel like there's not enough mutual celebration and support. I feel like if we supported each other more, uh, there could be greater change, um, more forward movement and progress. Um, I don't like that in other cultures, um, families at multiple generations will stay under the same roof, uh, just for the sake of setting up the next generation for success. And far too often we're saying things like 18 grown and gone, you know, um, amongst my, um, amongst my culture, you know, and in my community, I would just, I would like to see more setting up more success, more togetherness. Um, that 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 has to be my one thing. Love this. Love it. I'm, I'm enjoying myself. Last Good. two questions. <laughs> uh-huh. How can we support you? How can everybody oh. culture and our audience, our supporters, support Octavia? Um, you know what? Honestly, uh, I don't have any personal business per se, but I could say the greatest support that you could provide me is care more about protecting black women. Um, far too often I see some, some awful things uh, that are happening, whether it be um, violent acts against black women uh, or just constantly being mentioned uh, by by non-black uh, individuals uh, in a negative light about why we're why we're not dated, why we're too rigid, why we're too tough. Uh, I would love to see um, I would love to see black women being uplifted more, um, acknowledged for um, how much of the family dynamic and the structure, is the way that it is because of their efforts, um, because of their strengths, because of their contributions. Uh, I think the greatest thing that a person can do uh, for me is just that, 
just just protect, support, and love on black women. Encourage black women, uplift black women. That's the greatest way. The greatest right. way you can you can support. <laughs> Everything culture, hundred hundred percent agree and support that message statement and how to support you. So we will follow. We continue to spread this message first and foremost. But thank you. And last question is, who would you like to see on the makings of you next? Ooh, um, there is a chocolatier that I know on TikTok. Uh, his name is just a guy named Marvin. Um, he is such a wealth of knowledge and kindness and he embodies everything that I believe black men to be everything that they don't show you on television about black men mm. from family man from protector or provider or um, encourager and uplifter um, supporter and uh, just an overall wonderful friend he has a small business based out of Northfield Michigan where he makes chocolate and not just anything. I mean, some of everything. And he's so good at it. And I love to see a person multi-talented. He's been in his field um, in the automotive industry over, I want to say 25 years. And uh, on the side though, he has this wonderful small business and it's doing well, it's picking up. Um, he just got promoted on a GM commercial. Um, it's a big deal. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> so, yeah. so, so catch the wave before the price changes. <laughs> <laughs> so, I, so I would definitely say I would love to see him. I would love to hear more about his story and other, for others to be able to hear. He's a good friend of mine. He's a wonderful guy. Uh, he would probably be a person I would say I'd be interested in seeing. Well, I'll be reaching out very shortly. So we'll see if we can make something happen. And what's their yeah. name again? Yeah, so it's uh, just a guy named Marvin. Just um, a guy his, named Marvin. Yes, but his um, his business call is called The Chocolate Experience. I want to say it's The Chocolate Experience on Facebook, but also on TikTok, I think it's just a guy named Marvin. Um, uh, for him. sure. We will yeah. find him for sure. I'll send, I'll, I'll send you his page as well. <laughs> please, please, please. And next thing you know, yeah, hopefully. Yeah, it's easy for you. We'll make something shake, but yeah, Octavia, yeah, you've done it. You did it. You've completed <laughs> I did it. the I makings did it. of you with every night. You're on the show. Congratulations. Thank you, and thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. It was a lot of fun. I love, love, love what you're doing. I love what you represent. Um, so I'm, I'm really happy to be a part of this for sure. It's our pleasure. It's our pleasure. You know, once again, it took a little bit of time, but it all comes together so well I look forward <laughs> to sharing you and thank you for sharing yourself with us as well this is yeah. means a lot you'll be surprised how many other young octavius out here in this world that need to hear this okay or even not only the young ones but the elder ones too that can see a lot of themselves in you and vice versa yeah. so thank you yeah yeah most definitely it was a pleasure thank you for having me yes and if the people are looking for you and you're trying to be found where can the people find you you can find me uh well you can find me on tiktok 
uh, Hey Octavia. Well, it's Hey Octavia. So it's three Y's. H-E-Y-Y-Y-O-C-T-A-V-I-A on TikTok. Uh, I do acting. It's really just a fun platform for me. So nothing personal, just straight fun. Um, I do acting, just little trend stuff here and there, little think pieces here and there, whatever. Um, but yeah, so come follow me, you know, come check me out, come visit, say what's up. I'll, I'll always speak back. <laughs> Perfect. Thank you. Thank you. Well, Octavia, once again, we greatly appreciate you. Um, to all our listeners and our viewers, we appreciate y'all. Make sure to check out Octavia. Yes. Make sure to check out Everything Culture. Go to the website. We have some new merchandise up there as well. We love and appreciate y'all's support. And as always, we appreciate y'all. God bless and peace.